The reading is from Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to sell accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In his anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Who was the hardest person you have ever had to forgive in your life? When or what or who was the hardest time you have ever gone and had to ask for forgiveness from someone in your life? Is there any relationship or anything in your life with people that you're not at peace with because there is an absence of forgiveness? Dear Father God, I pray that today you open our hearts to hear your word and that you really tell us and and that we know that we are forgiven and we leave this evening wanting to go out and forgive others. Amen. Offences that cause us to forgive happen in our lives all the time, big and small. Small ones can range from being on the motorway and someone in front of you cutting you up or driving really slowly, unless you follow them all the way home to then go and recite the highway code to them and tell them what they did wrong, you've probably forgiven them and moved on. It might happen at work. I know for me last year I was on a charity committee. I was involved in looking after the team. Someone else was involved in organising the projects for the week. Uh, I got mine all done uh, about four weeks before. We only had two projects lined up. And then about three weeks before, we still only had two projects lined up. We had 100 people waiting, and we needed about 10 projects to do throughout the week. The committee leader asked me, he said, Ben, can you just pick up some of the slack? Can you contact the council, um, get permission for us to be out on the local park giving out teas and coffees? I called my mum later the next day and was fuming. I, was, I couldn't believe it. I was like, Mum, I cannot believe so-and-so has not done her tasks. I got mine done months ago, and now here I am wanting to enjoy 
the last few weeks of term, and I have to go and contact and email the council. My mum said, Ben, come on, forgive, move on, you'll have a great week. I did, I forgave, I picked up the slack, I moved on. I'm sure it's probably happened to you in your work lives as well. Other times when we have to forgive, we have to forgive pretty big things, often revolving around trust being broken. Is it your partner's done something behind your back, seen someone else, spent your money when you didn't know? Um, or it could be uh, a child of yours has stayed out past their curfew or, or done something in their social life that you didn't know about it. These can be harder things. These can be harder things to get past because trust has been broken. But we all know what we should be doing. Our Father God teaches us to forgive others as we have been forgiven. I know this. This text is alive, it's the living word, it's the Bible, but sometimes I like to bring it a little bit more to life. Think about the context, think about what's going on. Peter asks, Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive my brother, of, brother or sister? If you didn't know, one of Peter's brothers, or Peter's brother, Andrew, was another disciple. I imagine Andrew had been winding up Peter all day long. He's come along, end of the day, Jesus, how was your day? Oh, I don't care, you've like, healed some people, done some miracles, I've hated my day. How many times do I have to forgive my brother or sister? Seven? He suggests seven. You might not think that seven is a lot. Back at the time, seven was actually quite significant. The rabbis, the Jewish elders of the time, taught that you only had to forgive someone three times. I don't know about you guys in Fuel or Legacy, but if my parents only forgave me three times... I would have been pretty stuck by, well, I don't even know, but before I'd even left primary school. Can you imagine that? Oh, sorry, I haven't finished my dinner. Oh, sorry, I haven't done my homework. Oh, sorry, I'm back late. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, don't worry, you're forgiven, you're forgiven, you're forgiven. No, I'm not going to forgive you this time, Ben. Out of the house. <laughs> now, it seems pretty outrageous to us, but that's what it was like at the time. Jesus takes seven, which Peter has doubled and added one, and goes... Nah, not seven, but 77, or you've seen the footnote, 70 times seven. Obviously, Matthew wasn't listening hard enough at this part of the Bible. Whether it's 77 times or 490, I'd lose count after about 10, right? Let alone 490. But this is what Jesus has said to him. So why or what could make us forgive that huge amount of times? What would make you and your lives go, you know what, so-and-so has done this against me again and again, but I'm still going to forgive them? The master or the king in this parable, depending on which translation you've got, same person is God. The servants are us. If you're wondering which servant you might be, we probably would have chosen the second servant. The first servant, uh, 10,000 talents of gold, I think it was, one talent of gold was 20 years of average pay for a labourer. That equates to just under £5 billion in nowadays, uh, in terms, in our terms to understand. I don't know about you, but I think you'd have to spend multiple lives with the sole ambition of building up debt to get anywhere close to £5 billion. The second servant owed about £8,000. Not Five pounds, not 50 pounds, still significant, but nowhere near five billion. I myself currently have 24,000 pounds worth of student debt. 
I've done a year and a half at university, dropped out, I'm switching. By the time I finish my degree, it will be £70,000 worth of debt. I know it's a lot, crazy. I haven't even started it again yet. Don't get me started about that. But all of us here will have probably at some point experienced debt ourselves, whether it be a student loan or a mortgage or having to borrow money off of friends or family to buy a car or cover some of your rent for a month or your bills, right? We all have an experience of debt. And we all also should know or believe as Christians that we have a debt to God, But it's much easier for us to say, oh, I'm servant number two, I've only got £8,000 worth of debt to God, not five billion. But have we not got five billion pounds worth of debt? Just think about everything you have ever said. Anytime you ever put someone down to make yourself bigger, I know I've done it, I'm not proud of it. But with my brothers, I always like to be top dog. I'm firstborn. I'm the tallest. I've got to be top dog, right? So when it comes to exams, oh, yeah, you did really well in your exams, but hey, wait until you come to your final exams. Yeah, I got this many A's and A stars at GCSEs. Oh, and if you do well in them, wait until you get to the IB because I blew that out of the park, right? But I'm putting them down. Think about any time you take a joke too far, a little bit of banter across the line. And then think about anything physical, any physical actions you've taken in your life. Play fighting with my brothers probably went too far. No, I know it went too far. I was really trying to hurt them because I'm top dog. (laughs) Or, for example, we have sexual boundaries in our lives with our relationships. You might have crossed that. No, we've all done things in our lives. Unfortunately for us, what I've just mentioned isn't half of it. You think about everything you have ever thought of. You know, Psalm 139, verse 2, it says that, You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. God knows every sinful thought, every selfish thought, every lustful thought. He's heard it. He heard it years ago, he hears it now, he will hear it in the future. We can't escape it. Not only does he know our thoughts, he knows our intentions. Sometimes when I go out on a date with Ellie, or go to a restaurant... Two choices on the menu. She puts it down to two. Oh, Ben, what should I do? Spend about 20 minutes deciding between the two. I'm sure a lot of you have been there with your husbands, wives, girlfriends, boyfriends. It happens. Doesn't even listen to my advice. Ben, what should I pick? Oh, I think you should pick this one because I know you're going to like this part of it. No, it doesn't matter. It's the same with our decisions. About 80% of the time, I reckon, I know which one Ellie's going to pick. Often the one which isn't her favourite, which she wants to try something different... And about half the time, that then ends up not being very nice. But, you know, we make risks and we take risks in our life, don't we? When it comes to our decisions with God, we have a choice to make them for God or against God. Not only do we often choose to go against God, he knows our intentions. In fact, he knows them better than ourselves. That's what it says in Scripture. So hopefully now you might be thinking, maybe I've slightly got my calculations wrong. Maybe I have. You know, often we think the crimes committed against us are far greater than any crime we could ever forget, uh, we could ever make against God. You think, oh yeah, but that thought I had, oh, it doesn't really matter, it's not that big deal against God. But what so-and-so did to me the other day, oh, I could never forgive that. Um, Thomas, if we could have the thing up on the screen here. This is the current UK debt. Pretty scary, 2.2 trillion... I think it is, going up by five, 
thousand pounds every second. If you get just cover that up again now, that's scary. I like to think of it and visualise my debt or our debt in heaven. Ben Baker, a ticker like that. Every thought, tick. Everything I say, tick, tick, tick. It's adding up. My actions have consequences. I am accumulating my debt, my sin, my wrongdoings against God. Fortunately for us, in the parable and in our lives, the master, the king, God, takes pity on the servant. He takes pity on us. Our debt has to be paid. Our God is a God of justice and holiness. It has to be paid. But he knew, just as the servant can't pay off five billion pounds worth of debt, we too cannot pay off our five billion pounds worth of debt to God by ourselves. How many lives would that take to earn that kind of money? How many lives would we have to do something right to pay that off? It won't happen. It couldn't work. Fortunately, God has taken pity on us as well. He knew that. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross so that we would no longer have that debt to our master. So when I stand in front of God and he says, Ben, this is your debt you've racked up, and I beg and I plead with him, God, give me more time, I will pay it back to you, he'll go, hang on, do you know my son Jesus Christ? Do you believe in my son Jesus Christ? Oh yes, God, I I tried my hardest, I went a bit wrong, but yeah, I know he's right, I, I tried to strive for him, I tried to fix my eyes on him. Ben, Ben, don't worry, don't worry. Your debt has been paid. What do you mean? I sent my son 2,000 years ago to pay off your debt. He paid it in advance. Ben, tick, 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 it's zero. No more. Isn't that incredible? Now, you'd think if we really understood what debt we had forgiven against us, like this servant did, we would think... Oh, right now, I just go out and forgive everyone. Oh, what is five pounds to me? What is 50 pounds to me? In fact, what is 8,000 pounds to me? That's nothing compared to the five billion I owed God. The five billion, the first servant, owed the master. However, like ourselves, the servant's response to having it all wiped away, to being free in his life once again, not being sold into slavery, not losing his kids, not losing all his possessions, what was it? To find someone who owed money to him. And not only to ask for them back, but to go and to choke them. Give me back what you owe me. The second servant pleaded, begged, give me some more time. We've heard that before, haven't we? The consequence of the first servant going after the second servant meant that the master punished him by sending him to jail and being tortured for the rest of his life far worse than had he just been sold into some form of slavery, earning it back, not having too bad of a living. You know, you might be thinking, well, Ben, it's it's easier said than done. I know I have to forgive. I've always known that's what I've been taught. We live in a world where forgiveness is kind of around us. Come on, Ben, give me something else. Tell me, how should I forgive? Well, I'm not going to pretend that I'm perfect at forgiving. I'm far from it. But do you know who is? The master, the king, God. So the simple answer is just to forgive like God. What does that mean? How do we forgive like God? Well, firstly, if you're listening to the text, to the parable, 
What does God come to do? He comes to settle his debts, yes, but what other motives does he come with? It's not a trick question. He doesn't come with any. He simply comes to forgive. No, I'm going to be the bigger person in the situation. No, I'm going to forgive them so that they can forgive me for the wrongs I've done to them. No, none of that. Just simply forgive. The first way that we can forgive like God is to come with our intention solely being on forgiving the person who has hurt us. No hidden agendas. It's hard, but we have to remove ourselves from that and say, you know what? God doesn't owe me anything and he's forgiven me. This person might owe me something, I might owe them something, I might be trying to say sorry so that they feel a bit guilty and they say sorry to me or whatever way around. I think I've got that a bit muddled up, but that, that's the gist of it. First of all, come. We have no hidden agendas. Second of all, is to forgive and to forget. Why do we forgive and forget? Because in Isaiah 43, verse 25, when describing God, it says, He who blots out your transgressions from my, for my own sake and remembers, sin, remembers your sin no more. I don't know what your exams were like when you took them or what they're like now, but when I took my exams, if you wrote down your method, then you crossed it out, did a different method and got the wrong answer, but you'd used the right method the first time, but you'd crossed it out because you thought you got it wrong, you could still get the mark if you did a small crossing out and they could read it. It sounds very complicated, but basically, if you got it wrong, but you crossed out the right answer, you could still get a mark for the right answer. It doesn't quite make sense, but there you go. When we forgive, often it's as if we've got a list. Okay, this is what they did wrong, now I'm going to cross it out. But I'm only going to write a line through it, so that when they come back and ask for forgiveness another time, and another time again, and another time, when I've had enough of this, I will be like, oh, do you remember that? Do you remember that you did? Do you remember that you did? Yeah, when I said I forgave you, I crossed it out, but I can still read it, and I'm going to hold that against you. When God forgives us, he blots out our sin. It's like he's taken a fountain pen to that list. don't know if you've ever used a fountain pen or ink and you've held it up against paper and it just seeps into it. Black, blue, red, whatever color ink you want to use. Hold it up to the light. You can't see anything underneath. It's just a black splodge. When God forgives, that's what it's like. He forgets it completely. Thirdly, at the end, what does it say? It says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Ellie and I, a couple of months ago, were arguing quite a bit, bickering back and forth. Um, Ellie asked and said sorry, and I said, oh, don't worry about it. It's cool, it's fine, I forgive you. A couple of hours later, she came back to me, she said, Ben, is it actually all right? I was like, yeah, 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 I said it before, I know it's fine. I said, Ben, it doesn't feel right. It's not sitting well. I said, yeah, you know what? I was keeping this back. I was holding it in. I just wanted to be over with, so I just said, yeah, I forgive you. Move on. She said, Ben, I can no longer really come to you and ask for forgiveness, and you say, yes, you're forgiven. I'm not going to hold it against you because I don't know anymore. My bad, isn't it? She did the right thing, coming and saying, sorry, I did the wrong thing to not forgive from my heart. I was so eager to just lose it and and drop it 
that actually didn't mean anything. I'm not saying I was wrong to forgive, but you actually have to get a place, and this often means having to tussle with yourself and being okay with the consequences of having to leave it behind, having to forget everything, to for it really to come from your heart. You know, this one verse is so incredibly powerful. It says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or your sister from your heart. We saw the consequence of the first servant if he didn't forgive for not forgiving correctly. It is incredibly important that we too forgive from our hearts. Now this concept of forgiveness, I believe, is still as radical today as it was 2,000 odd years ago in 30-ish AD. Jesus was revealing to his Jewish, uh, the Jewish, the Jews around him, the Jewish community, a new kingdom, a kingdom where you didn't forgive three times anymore, a kingdom where you were forgiven, so you just forgave everybody. Everybody could forgive anybody, anybody could forgive everybody. Forgiveness everywhere and all around, all coming from the master, but being shared out between us. We can't proclaim to be forgiven from God unless we are willing to accept that we have to go out and forgive others. Jesus was saying, you either accept my forgiveness and forgive others, or you say, no, you know what, Jesus, I don't want your kingdom. I don't want a world of any forgiveness in it. It's as simple as that. Those are the two options we have. Now, last time I preached, I think it was about March, I said, will you step forward like Paul stepped forwards and follow him and his example of fixing your eyes, making your decisions with Christ in mind? Today, I want to ask you, will you step forward into the new kingdom that Jesus has offered us? For some of you, you might not feel ready. You've heard this and you thought, oh, I've still got more questions. I'm not sure I fully want to step in. That's totally fine. Please do come after the service, speak to me, speak to Hannah, speak to Chris, speak to Matt, who was up leading the worship, speak to any of us. We will try and answer your questions as best as we can. You're allowed to still have questions. That's all right. You don't have to. I'm not forcing you into making this step. For some of you, you'll be standing half in the doorway, like, I'm not sure I want to fully make that. This sounds great, but I'm not sure what it all entails. I just encourage you to make that step. The freedom that Christ has offered you to wipe out your debts is incredible. I know and I can say that God will forgive you and that you will be a different person once you realize that the weight of everything you're holding against yourself has gone. And for some of you, you will think, Ben, I'm already somewhere in the kingdom. I'm doing all right. You know, I've been there before. You might well have. But what is the harm in taking a step closer to God? You might have heard this before and thought, yeah, actually, you know what? I've kind of slipped up with the way I'm forgiving people. I want to do it as God has forgiven me. The simple and obvious, well, not simple, but obvious challenge for you I have is to go out this week and to think about someone or think about people, or maybe it's in your day-to-day life at work or at school where someone will do something And you will have to forgive them or try and forgive them like God forgave you. That's my challenge. You are forgiven to go and forgive. However, for some of you in here, you might not be able to do that because you may not feel like you have been forgiven. 
Some of you will be like, yeah, Ben, that's great. You said there's five billion pounds of debt you've got. You know, who, I've done X, Y, and Z. I know you're saying God forgives everything, but he can't forgive me. I've gone too far. Honestly, Ben, it's, it's too much. And if that is you, if you don't believe that you are forgiven or can be forgiven, in a moment I'm going to ask us all to stand and I just want to pray for you. I want to pray for the freedom you have from your debt. I want to pray that you can then go out and live out your life forgiving others. So if you'd all stand with me. Don't want to single anybody out, that's why I asked you all to stand. If some of you think this isn't for me, just reflect on what's, what, what's been said. Think about someone you might want to forgive. Matt's going to start with some music and then lead into a little bit of worship. Feel free to join into that when you feel ready. But for others of you, you might really feel like you've had this debt for a long time or something recently has happened which you want total forgiveness from. While I pray for you, just open a dialogue with God. Just say it to him. Get it off your chest. Listen to see if he's got anything back. He might be something to say. If not, just sit in his peace. Know that you are forgiven. If you want to put your hands out as a way of just relaxing your body and showing that you're more open to it instead of closing yourself off, feel free. If you want to put your hands somewhere else, be fine as long as you don't hit anybody with them. It's okay. Dear Father, I thank you that you have forgiven us, that you have wiped the slate clean, that our debt no longer ticks up but has returned to zero because of your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, for those out there who feel like their debt is far too great for you to ever forgive, I pray that you meet them now in your hearts and you let them know that you love them and you have forgiven them. Lord, I invite the Holy Spirit to rest on their hearts more than it already is, to fill us up from the inside out, that we may feel free from everything that has happened in our past. Lord, I also pray that you give us the courage to come forward to you and just get it off our chests. And Lord, for those who are starting to think about people they want to forgive, I just pray that you give them the courage as well to go out and forgive those people in their lives. And for some of us, we will have heard people's names drop into our heads, maybe brush them aside. I pray that those people have been brushed aside in our heads, that we, they will stick in there and people will remember them. Lord, I pray that today from here, St. John's Blackheath, we can go out and change our local community, that we can go out into our front lines, whether that be your work, school, or at home, and people go, oh, hang on, there's something different there. Lord, and I pray that that comes from our attitude for, for forgiveness. Lord, I thank you again that we are forgiven. Now, Lord, I pray for the strength to go out and forgive others. Amen.